Just Fantasy Baseball. We're back, baby. Spring has sprung, Clay. I'm your host, Colby Olson, always joined by my man over there, Clay Snowden. But spring has sprung, and we're now a week away from real baseball being played. I mean, a little bit over a week, but we're almost there. We have the World Baseball Classic, which, despite what some say, is real meaningful baseball. Um, Yeah, but we are just a week out from opening day. Colby, I have a question for you that I'm sure our listeners are wondering. You've had 34 different backgrounds since doing this show. Are you just a nomad? Do you travel couch to couch and just record where you can? Well, pretty much. I mean, if we had more listeners to the Just Fantasy Baseball podcast, then maybe I wouldn't have to record from different locations, different couches that I'm sleeping on. No, no, just kidding. But... I have been traveling all around lately. Um, Sometimes I record from my apartment in Hoboken. Sometimes I'm recording from the Just Baseball office in New York City. Sometimes I'm traveling all around and recording from different places. But I will say, too, that I record from different rooms in the Just Baseball offices. So a lot of different backgrounds. For those of you on Spotify, Colby is recording in the subway right now. That's the background. (laughs) The subway would be funny, but... Little little loose start to the show. Clay's in a good mood today, everybody. I just want you I'm guys to know up. that he's in a really good mood today. Um, because the first episode, well, what we're gonna record today is we're gonna be acting like we're doing a draft basically on the show. So Clay and our are Clay and I are each going to be picking a player from each round, basically. So the first round would be picking from players ranked one through 10, the second round players 11 through 20 and so on and so forth till we get to a hundred. So Clay and I will basically each be picking one player and from each round. So 10 players in total kind of replicating an actual draft going on. Um, Clay, you picked a player from the back end of round one. So I'm going to start in round one um, and basically act like I have the first pick because I think it's kind of an interesting conversation this year. Like who is the guy to go first? Um, And we've loosely gone over this um, already on this, on this podcast, but you know, I I think, I don't think it can hurt to do this again. Um, So basically the players you're picking from first overall um, Ronald Acuna jr. Aaron judge, Julio Rodriguez, Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, um, depending on the league, yeah, obviously Shohei Otani. Um, and Juan Soto can be in conversation for a number one pick potentially. Um, if you're in an on-base percentage league, leagues that value um that more so because he just walks 20% of the time. And it's not it's really not humanly possible. It's crazy. Um, but this is gonna be quick. I just want to reiterate that I think it's insane that Aaron Judge. Oh, Tanya side, Aaron Judge, I mean, I think is the, the the hitter to take. How can you come off of a season where you hit 62 home runs and steal 16 bases? I feel like that gets uh, kind of thrown to the side of Aaron Judge's season last year. Like 16 stolen bases. 
God damn, he was speedy out there because he only has to take like four strides to get to second base. <laughs> the bigger bases should help him. Um, he definitely doesn't need any help with the plate, but like there's no reason that he can't do what he did last year. And so that's why I'm taking Judge if I have first, second pick, um, potentially Otani. But Judge is the other guy there. I did a draft last night and I was picking fourth. And it is a points league. And I was hoping Judge would get there and he didn't. He went third actually. Um, or maybe he went second. He went second or third last night. But yeah, a player that you should target, like there's just no reason not to. Even if he comes in at 80% of what he did last year, that is still a remarkable season. Um, totally. Absolutely in on judge. But the player I went with, Colby, is Juan Soto. Right now, ADP is around 10, um, not 9 to 10. And uh, a player that I just think is going to bounce back from um, in, in terms of the average, I, I just don't see him as a player who's going to be in the 240s, 250s, or even 260s. I see him above that, way too talented of a hitter. He's in this lineup in San Diego, and the run production, RBIs and runs have been down. He's now in San Diego, and I just do not see, see it as any possibility for him to struggle with that again as long as he's healthy. I think he's going to have so much more op opportunity. I mean, you can't really name too many players from that Washington lineup last season, besides like Josh Bell, that were that productive. He comes in with all kinds of talent around him. I just don't see a way that he dips in any category. Um, he'll hit you around 25, 30 home runs. I think he could even go above that. So I'm buying in, not that anyone was not buying into Juan Soto, but I'm buying into Juan Soto as like a top two pick, not a 9-10 pick. It is kind of crazy that Juan Soto, as good as he's been, he's a career 301 hitter. Um, as good as he is, one, he's entering his age 24 season. So I think people forget sometimes Wild. how old he is. It's insane. And two, that he has not reached his peak of what he can do on a baseball field yet. Right. In 2021, yeah, 163 WRC plus, like that's insane. He hit 313 with 20, 29 home runs. There's more power in there, though. This is a guy that has a hard hit rate, you know, should have a hard hit rate near 50%. Um, he can hit the ball, you know, 115 miles an hour off the bat. Um, last year was a bit interesting for him because he started hitting more fly balls than he than he was in 2020 and 2021. Um his fly ball percentage rose actually almost 10% last year clay. And the other thing to note last year and one reason I think he had as many struggles as he did, he had a a, a near 11% infield fly ball rate, which is ridiculously high, right? His career high before that was 7.9% back in 2018 as a rookie. You know, it had been hovering around 5% the last three years before that. Like that is a crazy increase. And, and, you know, maybe something was just a little bit off with his swing. You couldn't get in the, the full groove, but like a 16% line drive rate was really low. Um, So like if he can turn some of those infield fly balls into just normal fly balls or line drives, I think that's like the the big driver of what's going to um, improve his average this year. Um, but this is a guy that sprays the ball over the park. Like he's not a pole guy. I'm expecting, yeah, the best we've ever seen from him this year. Let's dip into 10 to 20. I'll let you go first with who you're No, no, you go, with. actually. You go because you I want know me to go first. A little snake picked, draft, huh? You also picked, yeah, a little snake draft because I know you picked a guy – sort of in that like right around the 
beginning of round two. Yeah, I went with Jordan Alvarez of the Houston Astros. We've talked about him on the show. I'm sure everyone is very familiar with him. It's it's a type of guy who can hit for average and the type of guy that might have some of the most power in the entire game. No, he might be the best hitter in baseball. It's I, that that's my take. He might be the best hitter in baseball, and he might be better than Aaron Judge this year. Yeah, I mean, for, first off, just think of the home runs that he hit last year, and you combine that. And I think that, like, you know, you get on Twitter and you see the home run highlights and you see the just kind of his makeup and you kind of assume oh this guy's probably just a power hitter right that's just like the way that power hitter hitters are built this guy is more than a power hitter he can do it all he has outfield eligibility i know he's mostly a dh and he may get back there but you know you could put him in your outfield which has not always been the case with him actually so um definitely a player that i'm all in on i don't I've never heard anything bad about him, really. I mean, besides the injuries earlier in his career. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing bad to say about Jordan. Actually, the funny thing is, is Jordan wasn't even that bad in the field last year, man. He had five defensive runs saved in the outfield last year. He was negative five outs above average. But, like, you put those two together, he was basically just league average out in the field. Like he doesn't look that bad out there. Um, and sometimes I feel like he doesn't fully try because he doesn't want to hurt himself, which fair enough, stay in the lineup. Your defense isn't that important, but he can actually play out there. But yeah, I'm not going to go too far into Jordan. I, I've already given my spiel on Jordan, but legitimately yeah. I think he could be the best hitter in major league baseball this year. Um, 37 home runs last year. Like this is a guy that has 50 in him. He really does have 50 in him and I'm expecting it. Um, Clay. I'm moving to the back of the second round for my next guy. And it's a guy that when we broke down, I can't remember if we included him with the shortstop crop or if we concluded him with the outfield crop. Fernando Tatis Jr. is my pick here at the end of the second round. Um, I think when we talked about him last time, I was like a little weary. And I said, I don't know if I want to like go in on Fernando Tatis because there's just a lot of risk here. I think I've gotten over that a little bit. Like, I think that the reward here really, really outweighs the potential risk. Like, I am starting to believe that the risk here actually isn't as big as it seems, especially with him playing outfield um, in a corner outfield role. Like, I think he can really just focus on hitting um, and... Yeah, this is a 40 home run guy, 30 stolen base upside with, you know he could hit 300. Like, why not? Um, he's had a WRC plus over 150 in every single season he's played. Give me Fernando Tatis because he is the only guy here at the end of round two for me that I feel could finish in the top five at the end of the season. It's weird how his career has gone. He went from the absolute next phenom face of baseball on the cover of MLB the show to injured, to what some would claim as immature with his with his actions off the field and just like you know not being responsible and it seems like we've kind of not we have not forgotten about Fernando Tatis I don't want to say that but it's kind of like we just forgot how good he is it's like he's the same as Soto he's a good player like this guy is a legitimate superstar a legitimate superstar he has tools that you just do not see often on a baseball field I love that pick and um, he's definitely a guy that, again, Padres lineup. It's 
I think the Padres may be the first team in a while that like we are all staying up late on the East Coast to watch because they have that much like spunk and that much fun. I don't think we it's almost like when something really good happens to you, but like you have to wait to get it and it doesn't really hit you yet. Like the Padres lineup this year is one of those things. Like I think we realize how good it is, but we haven't seen it yet. So we can't really feel the emotion of it. And like when we see this lineup, it's going to be ridiculous. Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto along with all the other guys that they have. I mean, just ridiculous. That A's matchup, Athletics versus Padres. I'm going to be tuning into that because there may be 15 runs for the Padres there. Um, Okay, so where are we? 20 to 30, is that right? Yeah, round three, baby. Round three here. Now, there's some players in here that I was a little bit hesitant on. You know, Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt, JT Romuto. Um, I hate Lind- this round. Lindor, yeah, and it's kind of tough because you have Spencer Strider, 29, Jacob deGrom. Or excuse me, Strider, 28, Jacob deGrom. 29 and Nolan Arenado 30. We've all expressed why we are hesitant on all those players on the ranking shows. I was kind of pigeonholed here and I went with Austin Riley. I mean, I, I just think that this guy can absolutely match the ball. He's in a fantastic lineup in Atlanta. Um, he seems to still be getting better and better. He's young. There could be another level even to him. And he's already what 40% better than most of the league. I mean, you're getting a position here at third base as well that if you don't draft early, it's possible that you could get into that Alec Brown where there's some unknowns, there's some high strikeout guys, some high, you know, variance guys. I would rather just take Austin Riley here, have a super intriguing, great young player with power in a phenomenal lineup. So yeah, Clay, I agree with you. I think if you are at the beginning of round three like if you're picking from like pick 20 to 23 really try to get riley or devers those are the two there for me for sure one of one or the other to me they're pretty interchangeable they're both superstars and then after that like i really do not like this round goldschmidt i think is going to regress i do not want to pay up for a catcher like real muto in this round michael harris who i love is like the price is steep. The price is steep. You're paying for a second-year guy to basically be what he was last year with zero regression to you know really pay off on this value here. And then Sandy, I think, has regression written on him. Lindor, I like. I would take. I would be willing to take Lindor at the back end of the of the third round. Strider, I'm staying away from here. Degrom, I'm staying away from. My pick is Nolan Arenado here. Um, at the end of round three, he's going ADP 33 rank is 30 um and i think if you miss on riley or devers nolan arenado is a really good pick for your your uh third base because he just continues to do it over and over and over again as a fantasy contributor last year 293 30 bombs the last time he hit less than 30 bombs well you'd have to go back to 2014 so it's a guy that pulls the ball hits the ball in the air that's the sell. He's guaranteed to me is a guarantee whether he has a 110 WRC plus or a 150 WRC plus. It doesn't matter for him to contribute to fantasy. I like that pick. I'm not necessarily taking him there, but that's because I've Austin Riley right before. That was the player I wanted to target at that position. Um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and Marcus Simeon's an interesting. Emmanuel Class A, I love. You're moving on I'm to round four. Not... What's that? I was just saying, moving on to round four here. Yeah. 
Moving on to round four, and I did not want to take Emmanuel Class A this early. I just wanted to save the the relief pitching for a little bit later. So it came down to three pitchers for me. Shane McClanahan at 39 um, in the rankings here, and Austin Nola at 34, and Brandon Woodruff at 35. Austin Nola. Aaron Nola. Did did I say Austin Nola? Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy. I'm short, sure I'll short make that story, actually. Again. Wait, before you go on, short story is my friend Kev, who also has a, a fantasy baseball podcast. He was doing uh, one of those like fantasy invitationals in person with like Nick Pollock from Pitcher List. It was one of those big like fantasy baseball auction drafts where they all come in person. And he heard Nola call out and, and uh, bid $5. Turns out it was Austin Nola. Big screw up. Okay, who's calling out Austin Nola? <laughs> Ridiculous. So don't do that. So but go on. Sorry, I interrupted. Randy's in there. Varsho, Jazz. I went with Shane McClanahan here. Like you said when we talked about the pitchers, I think we could see an uptick in his innings. Um, we all know the stuff that he has. He's an ascending pitcher with a great pitch mix who's not afraid to throw any of his pitches at any time. I'm all in on him. A little bit hesitant with Aaron Nola. I like him a lot. I just drafted him in my draft. It's not that I'm avoiding him, but I think Shane McClanahan at this price is a good spot for me. Yeah, I mean, that's my pick too. I think um, I would have considered Jose Altuve had he not been hit in the hand, um, but Shane McClanahan's my pick as well, Clay. There's there's nothing not to like about McClanahan. We covered him in the pitchers episode. Yeah. Um, he was just nasty last year. 2.54 ERA with a 2.79 expected ERA. Uh, limited hard contact, which was the thing that he needed to do um, from 2021 to 2022, did that through his best pitches more. I'm expecting more of that this year. The Rays are just such a good organization as a whole. I'm also not worried about the Rays like limiting his innings. I think they view him as a true ace that can go deep into games, and I think they need that. Like they have too many of those guys that can only go five innings. But Clanahan truly is a guy that can pitch a complete game, and I bet he'll have um, some complete games this year. So, yep. I'm yeah, and you. I do want to quickly touch on Jose Altuve and where he's going in drafts, where you think you should select him. I know he's hurt. I know that he yeah. had the surgery, but he's coming back. Where would you select him? Because last night in my draft, points league, he fell to 137 or something like that. And I was about to select him, was taken right before me. And I thought, man, if you can get that, put him on your bench. Now, it depends on how deep your league is, too. If you're in a 10-man league, you can select him, automatically put him on the IL, and then pick up a prospect that you think could break out who would have been your last pick overall either way, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate that strategy. I Here's my take. Um, Jose, I'd rather draft Jose Altuve at like 150 than draft Bryce Harper at all wherever Bryce Harper's going because I trust Altuve coming back sooner and healthier than Harper will um but still thumb injuries are tough and yeah. I'm not going to be antsy to take either one of them I just I get stashing on the IR is is a thing you can do but yeah I'm probably going to be staying away okay all right Clay, we're on to round 5 already we're moving you go, man. You go. So this is 40 through 50. Uh, uh, yep. And, you know, I I didn't want to go with a traditional pick here. Um, I didn't want to go with Matt Olson, Justin Verlander, somebody at the top, just because I want to spread it out some and talk about some of these guys. So I actually went 
with number 50 overall, which, you know, I don't know where that falls. If, if it's 40 through 50, can I pick 50 overall? Or is yeah, it's 50 41 through, through 50. Okay. So I went with Will Smith here, the catcher. So for, for the Dodgers and going catcher this early, uh, you know, not everyone's strategy. I thought about other players here, but I wanted to talk about catcher in general and where you could fall. I, I love Smith at this value. If you want to take JT Real Muto, I'd rather take Smith here. I'd rather wait, um, I think it's been, what, two rounds and take Smith and have him as the first catcher off the board. I think his floor is so high. I think he's hitting in another great lineup. Um, and he's been consistent year in and year out. I know that there's other players here that are probably more attractive, but um, go ahead and lock in the catcher if, if you know you're in a league that you a, a lot of players wait till the end of the draft to just take whoever's left a catcher and just kind of roll the dice. I like Will Smith. I think he's gonna have a big year, so I selected him here. Yeah, you love Will Smith. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at the end of round five here. Um, I'm going with Kyle Schwarber. It's my favorite player out of out of this crop of players that I don't love, honestly. I don't love See, this this part, round. Part of this game that you all don't know is Colby and I did not exchange picks besides the first two. So I was sitting here thinking, I want to talk about a different guy than Colby picks. So I had to keep that in mind. I thought you were going to go with Carlos Rodon, actually. Well, yeah, I probably I may have. Because I do love Rodon, but I just the injury to Rodon is is scary, obviously. Um, so I'm gonna stay away from him for now. Schwarber is again one of the best peer hitters in baseball. Um, he hurt you in the average department last year with hitting 218, and he's never really been a big average guy. Um, but I would expect that to increase a bit more this year. He hit 266 in 2021. His expected batting average last year was 237, but it's all about the slugging. With Kyle Schwarber. This is a guy that hit 46 home runs last year, and his expected slugging was actually higher than his actual slugging, even though he hit 46 home runs. So, like another guy that really could hit 50 home runs this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. A guy that pulls everything. He has an amazing approach at the plate, although he strikes out a lot. And again, he stole 10 bags last year, which was crazy. I don't think he's going to do that again, but if he sprinkles in five, I think you're really, really happy along with everything else he gives you at the plate. And going back to your point, just generally about picking players that you want to watch because fantasy baseball should be fun. I love watching Carl Kyle Schwarber swing the bat and just like yeah. work through at bats. It's so fun to watch him hit. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I sat here and thought, okay, I could probably take somebody else here. But like, if I'm not going to enjoy watching them, come on, man. It's for fun. Come I on, mean, man. It's for money too often, but. Yeah, I'm here to talk about fun fantasy baseball. All right, Clay, you do it. Let's go. Six, round six, 50 through, 51 through 60 here. Okay, so I went with a pitcher here, Julio Urias from the Dodgers. I, I, I'm kind of on a Dodger train here, I guess, but um, he's going to help you in the win department, which I don't ever talk about pitcher wins. But That's we're how you're baseball. deleting that? He's going to help well, you in the win department? Yeah, he... he, he He's gonna rack up the wins, baby. What I, I guess I don't ever talk about pitching wins, so it sounds so awkward the way that I phrase that. But, um, yeah, sorry about that. But Julio Urias is just a phenomenal pitcher. What what is there to say? He's gonna have a low ERA now. He's not gonna strike everybody out, 
that might be the one slight takeaway that has him around here at you know around in the 50s instead of higher up the board but you know what you're going to get he's he's just solid and we talked about this on the pitcher episode sometimes you want to get high upside players or kind of risky players or in but you have to surround them with players that have a baseline that you're going to feel comfortable with and i feel like that is who julio urias he is a super high floor and i know what i'm getting from him yeah i mean like i think the pitcher board is sprinkled with pitchers that have a ton of strikeout upside. And if you're giving some of that up here to take Urias, who had a, you know, 2.81 expected ERA last year, a 3.1 expected ERA in 2021. Um, He's consistently one of the lowest hard hit rate guys against. He doesn't give up barrels at all. Um, I think it's worth it because you just know he's going to put in a good season year in and year out. So Clay, I don't, I don't hate that one at all. Um, I'm going to go back to the well that is Corey Seager for my pick. Um, cheating a little it. bit because he's at 51 and you're probably not going to get him in this round. So this is very much cheating. Like round six, Corey Seager's off the board probably. You might be able to get him in round five um, in that like 40 to 50 range depending. But I am just so, so, so incredibly high on Corey Seager this year. It's it's madness, right? He hit 33 home runs last year, which was a career high. And yet he hit 245, which for a guy that, you know, in the two years prior to that hit 306 combined is ridiculous. So, you know, he was one of the unluckiest hitters last year. He had a 283 expected batting average. I'm expecting all of that to equal out. And yet the guy hit 33 home runs last year. I think he can do it again. Um, so 30 home run pop in a good Texas Rangers lineup and the average is due to increase. He is, I mean, he's, he's going, he's still going too low wherever you're getting him. Even if it's at pick 40, like he's still going too low. So that's, that's my favorite player from round six. Yeah. And as long as he is healthy, he's one of the best hitters and he's really going to bring power and um, a, a good average. I mean, I, I love him. I selected him in my league. I don't think that I need to say too much more about him. He's just a damn good baseball player. You go. Round seven, baby. Let's do it. So round seven, this one is a little bit difficult for me. Um, there's a Yeah, few wait, starting... Clayton, should I say who's available? Sure. Probably should have done that the entire episode, but here we are. It's okay. Um, all right, we're at 61 through 70 now. So we're picking from Christian Javier, Devin Williams, Corbin Carroll, O'Neill Cruz, Alec Manoa, Eloy Jimenez, Ryan Presley, Teoscar Hernandez, Rizal Iglesias, and Max Freed. So it's a really loaded crop here. I actually like a lot of these players. Yeah, and you know, I I think Corbin Carroll, and we talked about this offline a little bit, is flying up these charts and I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. I love the player. Would love to have him on my team. Just a little bit hesitant with the ADP right now. Eloy, another player that I love. The injuries here are a bit concerning. So I'm going kind of with a conservative pick in a way. I'm going with Rysel Iglesias. Um, I'm trying to get, get some saves here. And, you know, he's a player that, I was going back and forth with him and Devin Williams, and I went with Iglesias just because I think the Braves are the better team. 
and he's going to have the opportunity to get saves for them. Rysel Iglesias has not been on a good team, like a really, really good team before the deadline of last year. Spent all those years in Cincinnati. This is a guy with an ERA under three every year as a reliever besides one. That was his last year in Cincinnati when they kind of removed him from the closer role. He was all mad and was like back and forth and um, just consistent. I want a consistent pitcher who's going to have a ton of save opportunities. He doesn't have to be Emmanuel Class A level of dominance, but I think he's going to be super, super productive and and help me out in the save saves. Yeah, man. Uh, Back to Corbin Carroll for a second, because I was drafting back in February about a month ago. I got Corbin Carroll after pick 100. Then I did a draft like two to three weeks later. Corbin Carroll went, you know, 85th, 80th, something like that. Now his ADP since February 1st is um, 68, ADP 68. I mean, that's crazy for a guy that has just 115 big league plate appearances. And I know how good he is going to be. Like he really is going to be one of the better players in baseball um, at his peak. But like to invest that much in a rookie is crazy, especially he's not on, he's not in a good lineup either. Um, It just seems crazy. And so that's why the player I'm picking here is Teoscar Hernandez, because I think it's insane that Teoscar Hernandez is going below Corbin Carroll. Right, Tasker Hernandez. This is a guy that was coming off of a 2021 season where he hit 32 bombs with 12 stolen bases, hit 296. In 2020, he went off as well, hit 289 with 16 home runs in the shortened season. Then last year, he backed it up. The average wasn't as good, 267 average, but he hit 25 home runs again, stole six bags. He was a little bit banged up here and there. Um, I'm expecting him to be kind of somewhat in the middle of where he was in 2021 and 2022, you know, hoping for a 280 average. I think he gets back to 30 bombs. Uh, The Mariners lineup is really good. He should be right in the middle of that, expecting more stolen bases with the new bases. Like Teoscar Hernandez is arguably the most undervalued player on the board in this top 100. Like I'm shocked that he's not going more in like the sixth round or the, uh, yeah, like the fifth or sixth round. I would put him like right where Schwarber and Seeger are going. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, he, he's been a productive bat year in and year out, and yet you have a rookie passing him up, and I don't want that to sound like a slight towards Carroll because I think he's great, but, I mean, this is a proven player who has hit a Proven above. versus hype. Yeah, and he's been, and like you said, a little bit of injuries last year, um, has still put up a 129 WRC plus the strikeouts might hurt you a little bit there, but he brings 25 to 30 home run power as well. I love that pick. Yeah, I think, yeah, like Tasker Hernandez is a guy that's been doing this year in year out for the last, you know, four years. Like I know what I'm getting here with Teoscar. So um, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. I really, I don't have any shares of him yet either. So I'm hoping to, to come out with a with a share of Teoscar here in the next week. How many leagues are you in? So I did two best ball drafts already, so I don't really have to pay attention too much to those. And then I have an auction draft tonight for one of my big like keeper leagues. There's 14 keepers in that league, though, so like there's not that many players available. And then I have um, 
my like actual draft uh tomorrow night where I can probably get to Oscar. So excited about that. Hope no one's listening to that in your league. <laughs> All right, you go. Round eight. Should I uh should I say who's available? Let's do it. All right, round eight. Um, we're at 71 through 80. We got Alex Bregman, Tommy Edmonds, Zach Gallon available here, George Springer, Dansby Swanson, you Darvish, Edwin Diaz, Andres Jimenez, Fran Valdez, and Starling Marte. Any guesses on who I'm taking? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I'm gonna say Gallon. Exactly right. That's exactly who I'm taking. Zach Gallon, starting pitcher, Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I just loved how he looked last year. Always has been a good prospect coming up, battled with injuries, did not really know how much you'd get out of him and what he would look like. And in 2022, man, he looked great. 2.54 ERA, 3.05 FIP. I think this Diamondbacks team is getting better and better, and that's just going to lead to more wins for him. Now, he's he has some strikeout ability. We've seen that. He's going to be about 9 or 10 per 9. It's not like he's coming in with a 6 per 9 or anything like that. Limited walks last year compared to the years past. I like that. I like the way that he's trending. Um, and, man, there's just times last year where he looked unhittable. And I think that he's going to put all that together. I think that this could be a career year for him. Zach Gallen is like a proven George Kirby. Like he struck out more than 10 per nine, the second half last year walked less than two per nine. He went seven more than seven or more innings in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of 14 second half starts. That's insane. More than half of his second half starts, he went seven or more innings. He had a 1.49 ERA and a 2.07 FIP in that span. I don't, and it's 47% ground ball rate. Like, I, is Zach Gallon getting enough love? I don't think so. Like, no. I have him in a dynasty league and I put him on the trade block recently, not like actively trying to trade him, but like kind of want to get a haul for him. And the offers I was getting back, like, I didn't think that people actually understood how good Zach Gallon is. They're like, well, he's not really proven. I'm like, what do you mean? He had a 2.75 ERA back in 2020. He had a 2.81 ERA in 2019. He was roughed up a little bit in 2021, but like, I'm not really worried about it. And then he was his best last year, decreased the walks, as you mentioned, got more strikeouts. He's a Here's better pitcher than he was. If you don't understand how good he is now, you will soon because everyone's going to be watching this Diamondbacks team kind of grow and develop together. And he's going to be the nucleus and the head of that staff. And you are going to see a lot more Diamondbacks games and he's going to prove just how much he's improved over the years and how much he, I mean, he's true ace material. I think everybody's a year early on, uh, on the Diamondbacks, though. That's my take. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be like a playoff team, but I think that, you know, they're generating enough buzz and improvement that people will be watching. That's fair. I'll, I'll, it's kind of like the Blue Jays a couple of years ago. We're like, here's a bunch of young players we've all heard about. Let's all start, start tuning in and watching them. Yeah. So, Clay, I'm going to tell you who I'm not picking here <laughs> because there's a lot of players in this 
this round that I don't really love. I don't love Starling Marte. I don't love Andres Jimenez. I'm obviously Edwin Diaz is is no longer. Uh, you Darvish, I'm not really interested in taking here. Zach Gallen is definitely the guy to take. I'd rather have Framber Valdez. Um, Dansby's a fine selection, but there's so many other shortstops that I think have more upside at a lower price point. So not really interested in him. Um, Tommy Edmonds, whatever. Like, I'm not going to be paying up for just stolen bases in this round at this high. Um, so I'm taking Alex Bregman. I know I already got Nolan Arenado, but say I didn't get Nolan Arenado. Say I took Francisco Lindor. I'm taking Alex Bregman as my starting third baseman, um, a guy that walks more than he strikes out. Um, the hard hit rate, you know, isn't going to be his calling card. He's a guy that's right around league average and hard hit rate consistently, but he follows the same approach that Nolan Arenado does. Pull a lot of balls, hit a lot of balls in the air, balls will leave the ballpark, Right. So 23 home runs last year was kind of a dip in power production um, from where we saw him at his peak in 2019 and 2018. But I could see the power coming back. Like he wasn't healthy in 2021. He looked healthy last year. I'm expecting him to be even healthier this year. Um, I really like him at this price point, man. This is like, this seems like you're getting such a lock of a player in, in this round. Yeah. And I've gone back and forth on him. Because if he taps into the power that we've seen in the past now, it has been a few years now, right? But if he can somehow find that again with with you know better health, man, he could be a special player. And he returned last year after being injured, and he, he looked like a really, you know, he, he was a good player. He was a really good player. He wasn't quite the level that we saw in 2019. Now, how, how often do we see players come back? It takes a little bit of time after injury. Maybe 2023 is that year where he comes back and he starts getting closer or closer to 2019 than to 2022. You know what he needs? He needs a little sprinkling of a Rob Manfred juiced ball. And Alex Bregman, a little bit of a juiced uh, I like the juice ball, ball. And we might see 30 again. So, I like it. But regardless, I really like Bregman coming in this year. So, Clay, round nine and then round 10. We're down to two more picks here. We are at 81 through 90. Wander Franco's on the board. Ryan Helsley's a potential option for you. Xander Bogarts, Brian Reynolds, Tim Anderson, Gunnar Henderson, the rookie. Felix Bautista, Wilson Contreras moving over to St. Louis. Joe Musgrove is on the board here. And then Jose Abreu is also on the board now moving to Houston. So who's it going to be? I wasn't in love with that list. Um, a few shortstop options, and I think it's a good area to draft a shortstop because there's a few that I like here, and there's a few that are you know proven. And I went with former Boston Red Sox Xander Bogarts. Um, and I know that how you feel about him and the changes in the ballpark, and um, this is a guy who's hit above 275 every year since. 2017 and i don't see him just suddenly becoming a bad hitter i know that he doesn't have the green monster to help him out but if you go and look at a lot of his hits last year i mean he's still going to shoot singles in between infield and outfield he's in a better lineup now sorry colby and the the power is a little bit difficult for me to buy into right that's the thing that's a little bit of a reservation is how much power is he going to tap into i don't think he's getting juice ball 33 home runs again, right? But 
I know he's a player that I think will hit 285 to around 285, I'll say. 285 to 320. Like he could legitimately do what <laughs> anything. And I, I don't know. That he has he hits the baseball in a way that advanced metrics cannot even compute the way he hits right. the baseball. Like he just shoots the ball through gaps that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to watch him hit. He's just a really, really good hit, hit hitter at this value. And he's somebody who's going to help my average. I know that I can make up for it in the power department elsewhere, but I like the high average player here. Um, and I love the team that he's on. Clay, I got a, I got kind of a confession to make here. I've never liked Xander Bogart's swing. Watching him hit is like stresses me out because the way he where he puts his hands and how late he gets his hands loaded and in a proper position. I don't understand how he gets to baseballs. It's it's the it's such a freaky swing. I guess we don't like have to only understand. Only Xander Bogarts can have this swing. So, I'm telling you, know? you, only Xander Bogarts can have this swing and make it work to be an MLB player. It's insane. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like something tells me that maybe he was hurt last year. I know that he was having tiffs in the Red Sox clubhouse. Like he just wasn't a happy ball player last year. So hopefully, like that's a positive support. Like it's it's crazy that I talk about Xander Bogarts. Like he didn't have a good season last year when he hit three oh seven, but it's hard to ignore the two fifty uh two fifty nine expected batting average, um a career low ISO at one forty nine, which is well, not career low, but like since 2017. Um, so hopefully that power returns. Maybe he just wasn't healthy. That's that's I have Juan Soto on my team too, man. I'm I'm doubling up on you're points. Just stacking. Gonna... Yeah. It is a fun stack to get like two Padres, three Padres, because that team's just gonna be electric. And as you said, staying up till 1 a.m. watching them is gonna be fun. Um I'm going another route in the shortstop department because if I if Xander Bogarts doesn't have the power, what's the reason to to take him over Wander Franco? Because they do the same things at that point, right? They're both going to hit 300. I hope. I don't know if Xander Bogarts is going to hit 300. I, I'm pretty confident that, that Wander Franco is going to hit 300. Like, he strikes out less than 10% of the time. Um, he stole eight bags last year in 83 games. I think he has more speed in the tank than even that. Like, I think he should get close to 20 stolen bases. And I know that projection systems don't have him there. They have him all right around like 12 to 13 stolen bases. Like, no, he's, he has more speed than that. Um, and I know Peter bet me, I bet Peter on this last year that he would go under 20 stolen bases that obviously hit, but I think he gets closer to 20 this year in a full season being healthy. Um, and I'm expecting the power to take a step forward, man. A 140 ISO last year for him seemed low. Um, he had, he, it seems like he just needs to get adjusted. Like he was 21 years old last year and he's looked good in spring so far. Um, I'm expecting a big step forward for Wanda Franco this year and for him to kind of arrive as a, a true star. I don't want this to come off negative. I really don't. I just want to provide some stats here. 153 career games. So more or less a full season, around a full season. 13 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 99 runs, 72 RBIs, 282 average. As you mentioned, this is stats from when he is, what, 20 and 21 years old. And not fully healthy. Like last year was a very up and down year for him where he was on and off the aisle. Do, Do you think that just the hype around him just, 
had people automatically expecting a 20 year old to come in and be his peak because it kind of felt that way when he debuted and i felt like i mean a lot he's of lived up ex- to that a yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's plus, a, like yeah i'm not saying he's a bad player or, or anything like that i think people were expecting just more and my point is actually that there is more it's just t- it takes some time and like you said he he wasn't healthy i i do expect to jump there um 300 yeah i could buy into that all right i like it yeah i think like there's only upside here like the floor is his draft price in my opinion like getting him in the ninth round that's kind of his floor and he could give you so much more than that this year so yeah wander's a big target for me i actually don't have any shares of him either yet so i could really use some wander shares all right clay let's round out this episode with 91 through 100 i really like this selection of players um you got Vinny p tristan mckenzie willie adamas byron buxton kenley jansen alejandro kirk mj melendez robbie ray tyler o'neill and camilo doval you are going to be upset with me because i have stolen your player i already know it Vinny p he's your player no oh my gosh colby you were quoted to be the the Vinny P train. Yeah, I'm just trying to take some different guys. Like I, I, gotcha. I, you know. So yeah, if you're at the top of this, Vinny P, go for Vinny P, man. I'll back you up on it. Walks as much as he struck out last year as a rookie. 137 WRC plus. A guy who could, you know, he had 295 in his first appearance in the big leagues as a rookie. Now it's only, you know, 72 games, but that doesn't matter to me. A combination of power and contact that i absolutely love um another example of hey enjoy fantasy baseball there's few players that like have the ceiling of just overall enjoyment for a player than Vinny p he's just like a lovable guy i'm all about that um dad definitely a player that i want on my team and um as you can see from this so far you can wait back on first base a little, a, a little bit. And there's still some guys that I know we have talked about in the first base episode that you're high on, even, you know, well down this list. But Vinny P is my guy. Yeah, I mean, Vinny P, Vinny Pascantino, um should not be being taken this low. It's insane that he's being taken this low. So, yeah, I'm all on board of this train. I've called him Freddie Freeman Light. And that might not be hyperbolic, which is crazy. I'm taking this teammate here. I'm actually going to give you two picks here because I didn't take a closer yet. So I'm going to give you Camilo Doval as well. Um, because I think Camilo Doval is, is lights out for the giants. And I would roll with him as potentially my number one closer. Um, he's a nasty, we, we talked about him in the top 10 relievers episodes. So I'm not going to go too deep into that. That was literally just last week's so go listen to that. Um, to get the Camilo Duvall update. MJ Melendez, though, is a guy we haven't talked about in a long time because we recorded Catchers literally as our first episode. Um, so I'm going to come back to Melendez because this is a guy that hit 41 home runs in the minor leagues in 2021, backed that up last year um, with a really, really good debut in the major leagues, hit 18 home runs in 129 games. Um, 
hit 217, but I'm expecting that to to definitely go up. He had a 43% hard hit rate, hits the ball in the air a lot, 10% barrel rate. Like this is a guy that hits the ball hard um, and like held his own in the majors as a 23-year-old. Um, and I'm expecting him to take a big step forward this year. He has catcher and outfield eligibility too, which is um, really cool. So yeah, MJ is my guy. I love that pick. I love the ability to to play him at catcher or outfield. Um, walked at a 12% clip, which is about what he did in the minors. Really something I like in terms of just an approach from a young player. There is a little thing here, Colby, and I want to ask you about this. MJ Melendez is a phenomenal athlete. Like, he's a good athlete, right? 61 percentile sprint speed. Could we see MJ Melendez steal a couple of extra bags this year? He's never stolen more than seven in the minors on one stop. He's a guy who I think could have like a sneaky uptick in like he he's projected between three and six bags. I could see, you know, I'd be happy with five. I think he's like a guy that steals five. I want the the Royals have stolen a lot of bases in the past. I don't know if that's going to be what it's like now or not, but. Man, I don't know. I in terms if you're playing him as a catcher, I would love to get 10 out of him. I could see it. I could see it. I wouldn't be shocked. He is a crazy good athlete. How many home runs do you think? He's projected between 18 and 24, you know, around there. I'll take 24. over under. I'm going to take the the high end of that. And I'll I'll yeah. take the over if you put a gun to my head. Yeah, he well, really I won't does do that. Top. Well, <laughs> All right, then. That lucky me. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the episode on how we're attacking drafts and the players that were like, I think that's the most important thing about fantasy baseball is figuring out the players that you don't want over the players that you do want, because the crop of players that you do want is likely going to be very, very small compared to the amount of players that are available at one time. So like definitely do this thought exercise with yourself. Just like go down the board and go, okay, I really like these two or three players within each crop. And if you break it down into tiers by round, it can be really, really helpful for your draft. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Just fantasy baseball. This is our little mock draft episode one through a hundred. We'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. Adios.